Hello and welcome to Good Film Hunting. We're recording our second episode of the day, which is lovely. And Good Film Hunting is the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk about movies that they watch as children with their friends and family. So today we are joined by the wonderful Sean Mendez, no, um, by our great <laughs> friend Helen Siski. Um, so Helen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, uh, I'm from Maryland, and I'm currently working at the Catholic University in D.C., and I come from a big family um, where we watch a lot of movies now, but when I was growing up, we didn't, and I think that's why we chose this film that we're going to talk about. Okay, and also, I have to tell you one of my favorite first stories of Helen and it was that she had never seen an episode of Full House, and I actually could not comprehend it. Like, I'd never seen a Disney movie. She'd never seen a Disney movie, but then luckily she became a Full House fan, and that's really all I require of any of my friends. So she makes the cut. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking, discussing with Helen, um, the classic Casablanca. So we're excited to get into that. But before that, of course, we have to talk about some of our favorite pop culture items of the week. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I was real happy to see Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston <laughs> broke up because I, from day one, thought it was a fake relationship. I thought it was something... Um, and I'm sorry, Taylor, if you happen to listen to this one day and I'm, like, demeaning your love life. But it seems like you, like, Taylor was just trying to get over, what's his name? And it just seemed, like, too calculated. So, yeah, I'm happy that they're maybe moving on to be themselves. Okay, well, that's good. Um, this isn't very poppy, but what I've been following this week is the, the rocket that they launched into space. And it's going to um, go alongside this asteroid, I forget the name of it, and it's going to reach out an arm and brush the asteroid and collect some grams of the material, Wait, and then they'll fantastic. study it when it gets back to Earth in 2023. Whoa, we've cool? a long time. I know. <laughs> okay, so this week... I might have talked earlier about how I got super into Joyful Noise with Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton. I didn't mention that Kiki Palmer was also in it. Yeah. So, because Kiki Palmer was in it, I went on a kind of Kiki Palmer kick. So, the next day, I rewatched for, like, maybe the fourth time, Grease Live. Here's the thing, is I love musicals. I hate taped musicals. But Grease Live is outstanding. It's, like, a phenomenal work of American television that should be watched and rewatched. I actually hate Grease the Musical. But I love this production. Nice. Okay. So let's jump in. Casablanca. Can we talk about our location right now? Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, very good, Helen. We are coming at you live, which we, you know we love to do. We are coming at you live from Heron Hill Wine Tasting Room in Bristol Harbor, New York, which is on Blake... Canadagua. We're here for Jackie and Alex's wedding, and um, we're doing this in between the ceremony and the reception. So, thanks for giving us that time, guys. <laughs> some lovely, incredible wine that we've loved, and a lovely, incredible view. Yeah, we're very happy with our entire day. We've had a beautiful day. So, okay, let's jump into Casablanca now. So, but I think I think it's first important to ask. 
Once again, she's explained it to us, but why did Helen Siski choose Casablanca as the film that is emblematic of her childhood film experience? So my dad is a real um, unusual person in that he loves all things, you know, Jane Austen and just he he really loves classics. He was super into Downton Abbey. (laughs) So it's all the all the girls and my dad. Um, So I think he just he totally goes for those like classic romances. Um, And so growing up, we didn't have a TV. when I, this was when I was really little, and so occasionally we'd go to, I guess, the rent-a-reel store, and my dad would set up the projector, and we'd watch a movie and um, on, on a sheet hung on the wall. It was, it was super fun. But this is one of the, the movies that I've seen just a lot of, lot of times from when I was teeny tiny. So, that's that's, yeah, I just think of it. I would say what's nice about Casablanca is it is one of those very few films that almost anyone you talk to has, like, a specific moment or memory associated with it. And, like, I'd seen it... I'd definitely seen it growing up, but then, for me, it was really important because it was the first movie I watched as part of a film class in undergrad. So, like... And that was... You know, then I've spent at least six years of my life in school for film, and that was the first one that we got to like really delve into in a like serious academic way and I'm super nerdy so that was like all I wanted to do (laughs) okay so Eleanor and Helen have great great memories of this movie as do I for sure but my like big story with Casablanca is that I went out to LA to visit Eleanor Valentine's Day 2015 hashtag get out of Boston Um, so I was in LA with a bunch of friends and Eleanor and we decided to go see this movie and who sat in front of us oh don't worry about it John Favreau I had just watched Chef on Netflix and it like saved my life because what was happening in Boston was we were being pummeled with eight feet of snow and so we missed eight days of school and the only thing I was doing was watching Netflix so I'd watch Chef I really liked it so to see John Favreau and his daughter sitting literally right in front of me. I like lost my mind. And he was really adorable. So the cutest thing was like Annie was so happy when she left because like the in that experience she saw him as a really good dad because like all the time he went with his like young daughter, just the two of them, which is adorable, first of all. And then she wouldn't understand things and he would like lean over and explain them to her in like a very paternal yet like empowering way we went, we went walked away with a very good feeling about John Favreau we did very favorable and but but you know fact of the story is that I am not cool around celebrities so um um if you're a celebrity stay as far away from me as possible I would love to get to know you but it won't work out um so there's that anyway let's jump into talking about the actual film um can you give us a log line which is like a brief explanation of what the movie is we like it in poetic form but you can do it however you choose no haiku sorry um, we, we are going to start requiring haikus soon from our guest star, so listen up. Well, I would just say that, um, you know, crusty, grumpy uh, man softens and, and his character is revealed as a romantic hero. But that's not really the storyline, that's just kind of one of the themes. <laughs> That's really beautiful, though. Okay, so also, I have another... Can I tell another memory of this movie that I have? Okay. 
take away. Okay. This is the most like self-gratifying like endeavor. <laughs> right. So I might as well just tell my own stories. Um, like, every voice. men have been doing it for millennia, Annie. Own it. We're really leaning in hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl Sandberg, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Caddy Stanton, Margaret Brown, hashtag women women <laughs> anyway so flashback a couple last two years ago I was living in Boston on my own and I was trying to do one thing a day that scared me one of the things that scared me and this might sound real dumb but it's the truth was staying in by myself on a Saturday night because I never really had to do that I was always like had something planned and so I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do so I forced myself to stay in and I got Casablanca from um, the Boston Public Library. Shout out to the BPL. Love it. Um, but then, agreed. So we put up in our apartment, we put up a projector attached to a laptop. So I was watching it alone, in the dark, with ice cream, on this huge wall. And I just bawled. Like, I cried the whole time. And I didn't realize that I was that emotionally connected to that film. But I, I was. With good reason, Annie. Yeah. Okay. So, Helen, what are particular scenes or moments that stick out to you as important from this film? Well, so it's interesting. Growing up, there were some definite scenes. It was all the funny ones. So the pickpocket in the beginning. Yes, that's a great scene. And then there's that couple who's moving to America, and they say, what, what, ten what, such much. And they're practicing their English, and it's just, like, hilarious. And I actually really loved Louie, the corrupt policeman. Yes, So yes, I, I, have, I just love him. But I never realized until this, you know, past year when I, I watched it with a roommate uh, a few months ago, he's, he's not a very good man. No, he's a very but I, bad he's, man. But I did not pick up on that well, growing he, like, up. I just, he was so, sleeps, like... He's, like, he all about, around. like, sleeping with yeah. these girls to help her, like, get out of Casablanca. And he's very corrupt. He, like, walks into the Wait. place and he's like, there's... Okay, so Annie needed to take a pr brief dance break because we're in a public space with music happening. And right now, it's Miley Cyrus... Shout out to back in the day when I was partying in the USA. Not Miley Cyrus for Halloween circa 2009. <laughs> well, I love You know what? We'll, we'll post a picture of that onto our Instagram page. Eleanor being partying in the USA. Shout out to Emily Regan, now Newman, who loves the song. It's a great one. It's a great one. Okay, so back to Casablanca, which most of the people there want to party in the USA. Oh! <laughs> Very clever. Right. Very clever. Nodding my head like, yeah. Moving my hips like, yeah. We got really good feedback after hearing um, Bobby sing, so we've now decided to include song into all of our podcasts. Um, anyway, here, please. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Casablanca. Um, yeah, so, so that... You know, I have all those great memories of all those just, just really funny scenes and characters. Um, but I think seeing it as an adult, I just, I really picked up on the relationships that were going on. You know, the friendship between uh, Rick and, and Louie and, and then Ilsa and her husband and all this drama. And <laughs> I think... Okay. 
I'm sorry, we got distracted because we were just notified that people think we stole wine, which we might have. But they also took a long time. I, I was waving my credit card and they didn't take it. That's the... Okay, this is a really great experience. And I've stolen plenty of things this weekend, but this is the first time I've gotten called out for it. <laughs> okay, so... I don't really think that I saw this movie as a child. I just have seen it as an adult. But... So, I mean, I love Louis Armstrong, like, with a deep, fiery, burning passion. And so I love those moments where he obviously has a very intimate relationship with both Humphrey Bogart's character and Ingrid, whatever, Berg, Bergen, Bergman's character. And it's different with both of them. And he's obviously more loyal to Humphrey. I think that he kind of thinks that Ingrid broke his heart because she did. Um... But anyway, I mean, Rick, the tortured man. Oh, yeah. Yep. The incredible hat. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to yeah, do? A man in a and hat. The, and the collar, the, the tall collar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, okay, question. Okay, we were talking about this, and I okay. told you to save mm-hmm. it. So, I feel like the question that always comes up, and people, again, have are very divisive about it have very certain divisive one might say divisive divisive it doesn't matter it might matter no <laughs> potato potato tomato tomato let's call the whole thing off yeah I want to watch Top Hat okay too. we will also no one's going to hear what you just said everyone can hear what I say all of the time <laughs> <gasps> that's because she's as loud as a bullhorn just kidding bullhorn I love you bullhorn. what is a bullhorn you don't know what a bullhorn is no I don't okay, think so okay well Go check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm getting sassy. Um, I'm going to calm it down. I'll calm it down. Dial it back. But, but, do you think that she made the right decision? In, in... At the end. her husband. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, so you asked me that question, and I kind of was confused because I was like, wait, but she doesn't make a decision. Because Rick... Convinces her that they're the ones running away together, and that she's going to leave her husband. And uh, earlier in the film, when she sneaks out and threatens him with a gun, and then you know embraces him, and it's all confusing. She says, um, "She's like, I don't know what to think anymore. You make the decisions for us." And and so he does, and it's a surprise to her, but he actually ends up making what I think is of the right decision because it's, I think it's pretty selfless of him. To, because he less of both of them. You think so? Of her? I think she's kind of a weak character, actually. Yeah, but all women in movies in the early 1940s were weak True. characters. True. Even the ones who were theoretically strong. Like, if you think about someone like Mildred Pierce, like, she's the worst, and she just falls for all of her daughter's crap all of the time, and she's, like, the strongest character that we have. Or even if you look at stuff like Rosalind Russell again and, like, His Girl Friday... She starts working again, but it's also like she caves into a man who has like tr- historically treated her poorly. Okay. okay so yeah. Self righteous stand that's down. A good point. Yeah. Um, but but I think I, the reason I think it is the right decision is well, first of all, you know they're married, and yeah. he, that that guy came first. Reason um, number one. <laughs> but second of all, you can see in just very subtle ways throughout the movie that she really, she really is so. I think with Rick, it's more like the passionate, emotional yeah, like side of her. Yeah. But with her husband, it is this almost like hero worship. 
And so I think he sees for her, maybe, that she... May, I don't know, maybe she needs that, or maybe she, she'd become kind of disillusioned if she didn't have that. And also for the... Like in you know the big picture, the overall movement of you know the, the resistance and underground right. stuff. So, well, so at the same movie screening that Eleanor and I were at, um, there was somebody who's in the movie, right? I think it was the director, or screenwriter's daughter. Oh, really? That's not true. Laszlo's daughter. It was Laszlo's daughter. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> so now that we've established that, so she was telling us stories about her dad who played Laszlo, and. All on Reed. Paul on Reed. Paul on Reed. So, but so she was telling us a super interesting story because he was actually commissioned. He was he was an actor in Europe. Yeah. And most of the people, most of the people in the movie were actors in Europe. For example, like you've seen um, Doctor Caligari, the Cabin of Doctor Caligari, right? No. Yes, you have because we watched it in the class we taught together. So you okay? Doctor Caligari is a film from 1921. Uh, It's a German film, a silent film, and it has this one actor whose name I'm blanking on right now. But he years later is in Casablanca because he'd fled Germany, and he plays like the German High Commissioner. So yeah. So anyway, to get back to the story I was telling, what up? Hey, you know what? If I can record myself and put it online and be okay with that, people get to listen to my stories. Um, so anyway, this she was telling us that her father was an actor in Europe. He was he was exiled in. To the United States, he was a refugee, and he had to like really practice learning English to be able to be in films. And he wasn't in very many films after Casablanca. But what I thought was, I we could check it. But um, what I thought was truly fascinating was that apparently Hitler tried to get him to be. Wasn't that it? Or who was in charge? Who was who was the Nazi in charge? Goebbels. Yeah, Goebbels tried to get him to to start on some of the Nazi propaganda and he refused and that's why he was exiled so it, he wasn't he wasn't Jewish he was you know he could have stayed in Germany or was he in Austria I think he's Hungarian but no Paul Henri French no 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 we're talking about the German high commissioner right? no we're talking about Laszlo oh we are talking about <laughs> who are we talking about <laughs> well anyway he no Recently, had to take IMDb off my phone because I ran out of storage space, and it is crushing my spirit in all of the ways. Well, anyway, so he had a very interesting life story outside of Casablanca, and it made me like the character Laszlo more, which I know shouldn't have been a factor, but it did like make me like him more. Yeah, I mean that's legit, super legit. Yeah. Okay. So, would you suggest a child of today watch this movie? Um, yeah, I guess, I, I wouldn't think of it as the first thing for a child to watch, but... Why do you think it's valuable? Why do you think it continues to be valuable? Well, I think, so that's interesting. Um, I've, I think I've definitely gotten more out of it as an adult, but I'm happy that I watched it as a kid because I have all, you know, I, it's, it's more of that, like, fondness of memory that the I have. Nostalgia. Yeah, and I know it very well and, you know, just... All, all the lines and the music, and, um, but but yes, I I think so because I think I think there definitely is something in the fact that kids, even if they don't understand something, they can get the spirit of it mm-hmm. and you know the ideals or 
you know, whatever is being portrayed. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to think if, I don't think I really understood, I didn't understand this, the story really, um, but, but I got like, you know, I got the, the personalities kind of came across and, yeah. and now I think I, I appreciate it even more because right. I've, I've seen it so many times. <laughs> okay. All right. So I still think this is a really valuable movie today in part because it's an easy entry point to learning about World War II from kind of like a refugee perspective and recognizing that though this movie is like super Eurocentric, but that the war did affect regions outside of Europe in the United States because we often forget about the war in the Pacific. Granted, this movie doesn't cover that at all, but like World War II did exist on the African continent and this film is named Casablanca. So like if you walk away with anything, you're like, oh, Morocco played a part in World War II. So I think that's pretty valuable. So along the same course as Eleanor, I think that this is a great way to get kids interested in that time period of history um, because it is fascinating. And, and what I found in my classes and teaching young kids is is they don't really can. And I know I was the same way. I didn't connect to anything unless it was told to me as a story. And so I think this can be a great jumping off point for them to kind of look at that time in history. But I agree with Eleanor as well. Like this could be a great topic of conversation to talk about refugees because everybody in Casablanca at the time was a refugee trying to get somewhere else and they were being told no like we don't have room for you and and the problems that that brought and arose and and how terrible Casablanca was to live in at that time so um yeah I I think it would be great okay so to wrap up here before heading off to the reception of Jackie and newest Lewis yeah we will make when we put this on Facebook and all of our media we will hashtag newest Lewis I already did it on the Instagram anyway Okay, so Eleanor is, like, far more on top of life than I am. Anyway, so uh, before we do, we always like to end with where would we want to be in the world right now? So, Helen. Hmm. Where would I want to be? Um, I think I'm really happy right here. <laughs> it's been a beautiful day. <laughs> Hashtag Heron Hill. Hashtag sponsored. We'll tag you in this too, tasting room. We didn't steal your wine. We will pay for it. But I would say, it's truly, upstate New York is beautiful in a way I never envisioned or expected. So I'm also really grateful for this wedding because there's like a very good chance I would have never gone to the Finger Lakes in my lifetime had it not been for this wondrous event. And it's also, but I will say if I were to go anywhere in the world right now, it would be New Zealand. And in part because, like, how green it is and the lakes and the hills remind me a lot of New Zealand. And New Zealand also had really great wine tasting. So many complimentary facets of life. Also, they won one of the very first uh, Paralympic gold medals yesterday. Really? The woman long jumper. She did amazing. Congrats to you. Um, If I could go anywhere, I think just after talking about this movie, I would go to Marrakesh. I really would love to. I've heard that Casablanca is not a place that you really want to spend much time in. It's like, doesn't have that much other than the movie having been filmed there. So, um, or having been set there. But I think that I would like to go to Marrakesh. Anyway, maybe someday soon. Okay, well, goodbye, loyal listeners from Heron Hill. Thank you so much to Helen for being our guest of honor. Thank you, guys. This was fun. (laughs) And hashtag newest Lewis. We love you, Alex and Jackie. Woohoo! Peace.